everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide, does a certain job sound interesting to them? And if yes, how do they go about exploring it further? Now, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about what it's like to work as chief of staff in tech. And I found this discussion really helpful. I'll be doing a voiceover of the discussion that I had with Luke Leonard. He is currently chief of staff at Google uh, on the Google speech team. And this was a really interesting discussion. I did not know that this is what a chief of staff does. And so I personally found the discussion also very, very instructive. And I hope you will find it helpful also. Now, before we get into the discussion, I want to quickly share two resources that the LED team has put together for all of you. So I know that a lot of you are interested in product management in tech. And because there is so much interest in product management, it has also become quite competitive to get into this function. And so we have put together two resources to help you out. The first one is an interview guide for PM interviews. Um, one of the most common things that I've seen candidates struggle with when they are preparing for PM interviews is that they just don't know where to start. There is so much information out there about PM interview prep and it's hard to figure out exactly what are all the things that you need to prepare and what is the best way to prepare for them. So that's what this interview guide does. It essentially lays down the process that you should follow and resources that you can use to prepare for your interviews. Some of the main things that are included in this interview guide are as follows. The first one is that it has a framework that you can use to answer product design questions. So a product design question is a question like, um, how would you improve Spotify? Or how would you design an elevator for someone who is on a wheelchair? And these kind of questions, uh, which are very common product design questions, it is helpful to know what are some of the important things that you need to address when answering the questions. So we have defined a framework that you can use to answer product design questions. Another thing that we have listed in the guide is a list of questions to help you prepare enough products to then answer questions where the candidate is asked to suggest a product to improve. So oftentimes you'll find that in PM interviews, the interviewer might ask you, hey, what is your favorite product and how would you improve it? Or tell me an app that's on your phone, how would you improve it? So these kinds of questions are fairly common. And so having a list of products that you can talk about in a lot of detail Preparing for those in advance is very helpful. So we've put together a list of questions to help you prepare this list of products. 
Another thing in the guide is a question bank to prepare for behavioral interviews. So in almost all product interviews, you will be asked behavioral questions, which ask you to share experiences from your past professional life, things which illustrate your skills as a PM. And so we have put together a list of 30 questions to help you have enough stories that you can share in these behavioral questions. We have also shared a framework to answer behavioral questions. So again, even for behavioral questions, it's not good to just dive into whatever your story is. It is helpful to follow a certain structure. And we have given you that structure in this guide. And then lastly, we talk about how best to prepare for the tech interview and what resources you can use to prepare for the tech portion of your interview. Now, not all companies have a tech interview portion for PM candidates, but some companies do have this. So for example, Google often has a tech interview for PM candidates. Amazon also asks some tech questions. And so having done some prep can be helpful depending on the company that you are interviewing for. So here we share a lot of resources to help you prepare uh, for things like data structures, system design, internet architecture. We share the kinds of questions you might get asked and how to prepare for them. So that's the first resource. I will link to the resource in the show notes in case you're interested. The second resource is just a question bank for preparing for your behavioral interviews. Uh, this question bank has 30 questions that we have put together based on discussions with PMs who have successfully joined companies like Google, Facebook, or Amazon. And so if you do not think that you need the full interview guide, you just need the question bank for the behavioral interviews, uh, you can check out this particular resource. So I will link to both of them in the show notes. So now let's talk about chief of staff. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of this discussion, I spoke with Luke Leonard, who is currently chief of staff at Google, about what his role is all about. So I will now do a quick voiceover of the discussion. If you want to simply read the discussion, I will link to the post in the show notes and you can simply go and read the discussion on the LED website. Right. So my first question to Luke was if he can share his journey and how he ended up as chief of staff. And here's what Luke said. My path is definitely not typical. I kind of wandered into this. I wanted to work at a place where tech was applied to make the products better. Over the years, I ended up working in big tech in various roles. I've worked as a developer, as a UX manager, and as a program manager. At some point in my career though, I felt that I wanted to be exposed to the big picture and not just work on a small portion of a bigger thing. I wanted to have visibility into how the whole system works end to end. This is typically not that easy in functional roles such as program management. For example, 
I worked on the team responsible for adding templates to Google Docs. This is obviously an important feature, but it's still a feature of a bigger thing. It didn't help me see the full picture of what makes Google Docs successful. Now, you could get this at a startup where the product and team are much smaller and you can get that visibility much more easily. But my preference was to work in a big company. Uh, I'm not going to be CEO of Google, of course, but I think as chief of staff, you can be paired with a VP or a senior exec and really see how the whole company works to contribute to its larger mission. Google's speech technology is cutting edge and used by millions of people every single day. And I get visibility into the whole thing end to end. Speech tech at Google provides automatic captions for YouTube, speaks driving directions to keep drivers safe, powers the Google Assistant, and provides speech to countless third-party apps using our cloud APIs. This is exciting stuff for me. I wake up early thanks to caffeine and this exciting, rewarding job. For me, being a chief of staff was a choice to depart from solving a specific feature to working on the entire team and system. All right, I'll pause and take a sip of tea. So my next question to Luke was, what does a chief of staff do? And here's what Luke says. This role can have various flavors. I'm in a big tech chief of staff role. There are government ones, healthcare ones, etc., which are potentially different. I'm familiar with the typical chief of staff role in big tech companies. The chief of staff is a seat at the table at the executive level. You are the left hand to the right hand of your executive. It's almost like a blood type match. You can't just become chief of staff to any and every VP. If say a VP is very technically oriented and deep in his area, as an example, then that's a great place for me because I can complement them with my communication skills, organizational excellence skills, and ability to monitor and improve team health. This is similar to my current role. I manage the cadence of the all hands, staff meetings, exec reviews, I manage the budget. I have to answer questions such as how and where do you allocate headcount? What strategic areas get resources? Budget and resources are fairly typical responsibilities for a chief of staff. Coming to team health, managing employee surveys, thinking through any reorgs for the team with leads, conducting roundtables to bubble up ideas from across the org. And for many of these, I sit in and make decisions. And this is because I'm complimenting my VP here. I do this. There are other VPs who are really into this organizational details, and therefore they might need a chief of staff who will lean into the tech details for them. At Google, most VPs are technical. So what I'm doing is a typical chief of staff role. So I found this very interesting to hear from Luke that a chief of staff is sort of complementing what their executive is good at and 
they're not just getting delegated things, what the exec is already doing, they're almost complementing them to make it a more holistic view for the exec. So then I asked Luke, can you share an example of a project you worked on as chief of staff? And here's what he says. One thing that happened some time back is that my team grew really fast. Team size is a common thing that the chief of staff has to manage. When the team grows really fast, it's important to make sure there's a vision, a strategy, and that everyone is on the same page about it. It also helps to make sure we don't have overlapping efforts. When you have hundreds of people, you don't know what everyone is working on. For example, a small team of three to four people might be doing something that another team might be working on elsewhere. To avoid this, I set up an engineering review process to discuss highlights of work happening across the team, inviting everyone, and making sure there was efficient communication across the board. And this helps keep the entire team running very efficiently, plus stay in the know about what's happening. My VP is most effective when he has this extra perspective across our team, and I love that it's my job to make that happen. So then I asked Luke, how would he suggest someone evaluate whether they'd enjoy this role or not? Here's what Luke says. Do you like being very independent in your ability to execute? You're given tasks in single sentences. They take an hour or a quarter. Or rather, they can take an hour or a quarter. You can choose where to invest your time. I have a lot of autonomy about where to focus my time. And personally, I really like this. Typically, this happens when you pair really well with your exec. Then I asked Luke, what's the typical background needed for this role? And here's what Luke says. I don't fit the typical background, but a lot of folks have MBAs from an Ivy League school who then immediately step into a chief of staff role. And I've seen long-time company people for example, 20 years, become chiefs of staff and help new, new VPs become successful. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I fit more of the company person profile since I worked at Google for a while. When I got my first chief of staff role, I'd been there for a little over four years and I had a skill set that a VP could use. So then I asked Luke, what do you think are the major skills needed for this job? And here's what he says. Here are the skills that I would call out. Program management and organization skills. These are pretty much baseline. You need a solid understanding of the relevant technology and the business. You need good relationship skills. If you already have relationships in the organization, even better. Ability to do servant leadership and some management. My current team that directly reports to me is small, but I have to, as such, lead a much larger organization without direct authority. Attention to detail is key. A C-level leader has attention to their focus area, but you have to pay attention to the rest. Make sure you're filling in the gaps. So then I asked Luke, when evaluating chief of staff roles, 
Are there characteristics that differentiate a great chief of staff role versus just an average chief of staff role? And here's what Luke has to say. A great role is really about how well your skills pair with your exec skills. The pairing part is a huge part of this role. How well do you complement and match your VP? Another thing to understand is that if you want to learn from someone, this role is not for you. You need to see any gaps for yourself and figure out where to add value yourself. Your VP will not know these by design. The way to illustrate this is when you're joining a line function such as marketing or finance, your manager needs to be responsible for your success. Most importantly, once your manager is a VP, they are not responsible for your success. You have to be successful in spite of them. If they have a shortcoming, your job is to manage around that and address them in your own way. And that's the value that you're bringing as their chief of staff. It's almost like magic. Your VP needs to think, wow, I'm so magically good at all of these things now. It is not a helpful strategy to convince your VP to become better at something. They are already successful. If they are unorganized or not interested in logistics, you don't complain. Instead, you think, how can I make this interesting for my VP? Your job is to close the gap on their shortcomings. If you feel you'll be able to do the above in a role, you should jump on that opportunity. Drink some more tea. So then I asked Luke, what questions should a candidate ask when evaluating a chief of staff role? Here's what Luke recommends. Ask your exec about where do they currently spend their time. Just a simple, high-level percentage-wise on various tasks. And follow up with what part of that do they, do they enjoy? And right after that, how well do they think the org is doing in each of those areas? For example, say they spend 20% on operations, but they hate it. Then you know that that's an area you likely want to spend time on as chief of staff. Another thing to do is that see if the old chief of staff is still there. This can be a blessing and a curse. If they have a previous chief of staff, talking to them is great and it can be helpful, but you need to assess whether they are looking for a replacement of that chief of staff or they're looking for someone new who may have a different way of approaching the job. If you're similar to that person, then it works out great for you. But otherwise, it can be challenging. It can be best to look for execs ready for a step change in their team, since it gives me the freedom to do the job with your own unique take on it. Another helpful tip from Luke is that a helpful question is how long do they plan on keeping the new chief of staff? Some people consider it a short-term rotational role. They have a new person every one to two years. So you sprint for two years, it can be quite exhausting, and then you spring off into another business area. Other execs have someone for many years 
and don't want to keep changing. There is no right or wrong here, it's just a matter of what suits you. Another tip from Luke is that it is helpful to ask if your exec will commit to having a weekly one-on-one -on -one with you. Even if they're doing bi-weeklies with others on the team, I think this is incredibly important. If they don't want to do that, you, want to be, you won't be in lockstep with your VP. I've declined jobs because of that. The thing to understand is that to be an effective complement to your exec, you need to be aligned. You need to feel comfortable making decisions on their behalf. You shouldn't have to worry about being wrong. If you have to keep saying, I'll get back to you for important decisions, your impact and effectiveness is diminished. You want to know what they think and be able to decide on the spot. You don't want to have a constant sense of imposter syndrome. So my last question to Luke was any resources that he would recommend for people who are interested in this role. And here is what Luke says. There is a really good article by Harvard Business Review on Chief of Staff. They talk about the different levels of Chief of Staff, which is helpful for people to understand. Other than that, remember that having that blood type match is helpful. Think about your role as being the Chief of Staff for the whole organization. Think about how you can make each minute well utilized for the organization. You're the connective tissue who ensures the right people and right tools are present for people to make the right decision at all times. So I will link to this Harvard Business Review article that Luke just mentioned. That was the end of the discussion with Luke. I hope you found it helpful and found it interesting to learn about the chief of staff role. Of course, if you have any questions, you can reach out at hello at learneducatediscover.com. And I've also linked to the discussion in the written format in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, please do that. And don't forget, there are two new resources to help you prepare for product management interviews on the LED website, an interview guide and a question bank for behavioral interviews. So check those out too if you're interested in product management. I've linked to them in the website. All right, with that, thank you and bye-bye.